Welcome back to another episode of NFT Catcher Podcast. We'd like to remind everybody that nothing on the show is meant as financial advice, and to please do your own research. Thank you, and enjoy the show. Now the subject is NFT. They're known as non-fungible tokens, or NFT. NFTs are floating in popularity. This is a technology that will forever change the way people interact. So it is happening whether you understand it and like it or not. This phenomenon is moving the digital You have now joined Jenny from the blockchain and Michael Keane on the NFT Catcher Podcast. What's up, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the NFT Catcher Podcast with me, Jenny from the Blockchain, and my co-host, Michael Keene. For today's interview, we have Josh Ong joining us, who is an avid NFT collector. He is the co-founder of Boardroom Ventures. He is a Board Ape Yacht Club council member, and um, he basically does everything under the sun. He has his hands in all the pots, and it's about time we had him on the show. So Josh Ong, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's good to be here. Yeah, of course. Yeah, we, j- we, had, um, we just had Jasmine on recently, and we were nice. talking about NFCBA, and she was like, oh, you got to get Josh Ong on the show. And we're like, oh, yeah, we haven't had him on yet. Sweet. But yeah, I mean, I've seen you at a bunch of events and you're everywhere. You're always a part of a bunch of stuff. So I'm excited to to dive into everything you're working on and, you know, kind of hear about your story and everything. Why don't we start with your Web3 journey, how you got into NFTs? Yeah, my first NFTs were CryptoKitties in 2017. So I like signed up for Discord, like joined the, you know, the Dapper server room. It's like, what are these, like these like cats on the blockchain? It's crazy. You were like breeding them, and um, and I, I, you know, I was interested. Like I was interested in crypto at the time, but I think the like collectability and the gamification and what that meant for being able to have like digital goods was really interesting to me. And then Who told you about it. Let's let's go let's go there a little slower because that's actually really interesting. That's so early. Who told you that? And then like, and then from there. How did, like, didn't it just seem like, because I remember the first time I heard about, did you, I remember I saw an NBA Top Shot ad before I knew about NFTs or got into NFTs. I was like, why would I even, can, why yeah. would I pay money for that? So like, what, who told you about it? So how, like in your journey and then what clicked no, for you? Why, why did you like it? That's a good question. I like, I don't remember how I found out about CryptoKitties. I it was probably Twitter. And I think what happened is like I had some Ethereum from like, you know, that was a kind of its own crazy bull ride in like 2017 and early 2018. And so I just like, I bought some Ethereum. I think I bought it for like a couple hundred bucks or something. And then um, I just think I saw on the timeline people like, yo, we're like using Ethereum to buy these cats and you can breed these rare ones. And it was like, it reminded me of like Pokemon. It reminded me of, um, you know, some of, the, some of the games that you play where you're trying to, like, work your way toward these really rare items. So I remember, like, seeing people talking about, like, oh, I'm trying to get the mystical whatever or, like, been on a Genesis one. And and um, I didn't fully understand it at the time. I, like, it kind of clogged up Ethereum and and my cats are probably worthless now. But it was it was an interesting way to dive in and to be like, okay, this is, this is what an NFT is or this is what you can do with it. Um, you, you know, I think after that market changed pretty quickly in 2018. And so I, I didn't like stick around a whole lot, but, but in, 
you know, I think I, I bought some like Gods Unchained packs. Those are just in trading cards. Um, there were a couple other projects that I kept an eye on. But then 2020, I was uh, heard about the NBA Top Shot beta on the timeline. And I noticed that it was Dapper Labs. People were talking about like, you know, they made the Crypto Kitties. And I was like, oh, shoot. So, so Crypto Kitties are now like basketball videos. I was like, all right, let's, let's take a look at that. And so that's, that's a little bit of the connection is like Dapper with Crypto Kitties in 2017. And then they came back with uh, NBA in 2020. And um, I started looking to it more. I remember listening to these, like, you know, some of the early podcasts that people were making and just like interviewing the team or trying to understand like, what are these things? Like, like, why would we take these? Like, it, I remember a big thing was like, well, you don't own the rights to the video. So what do you own? Um, and I think something that really stuck for me was like Rohan, the you know, the CEO was talking about how when they were negotiating with NBA to make NBA Top Shot, they talked a lot about tangibility and and the sense of ownership. And so one thing that they wanted to do was could they make a good that just like, you know, when you buy NBA licensed products like a like a hat or a jersey, something like you own that and like you you can do pretty much whatever you want with it, right? They wanted um, to work toward uh, a level of decentralization where when you had a top shot moment, you would have a certain feeling of like, okay, I own this, I can keep it, pass it on, I can burn it if I want. But um, that was really interesting to me in, in just starting that conversation around what do you know digital collectibles look like and how do we develop a sense of um tangibility and presence and connection with them um and so that just led me down the rabbit hole um in 2021 and and you know was was playing zed run with these like digital horses found out when i was talking with some friends on twitter spaces about like you know crypto punks and like digital membership and and what it looks like to kind of have an nft and and be able to signal to be part of this community and the, a week later, these crazy monkey things dropped, the Board Ape um, Yacht Club. So I was like, oh, I was just talking about that idea of like NFT is membership. And here's a, here's a kind of experimental project that's trying it. I'm going to join it. So I like minted one ape. And then things just went nuts, right? Like it sold out. And then I started hosting spaces and meetups for the community. and was just like really threw myself into like, being an ape and making that my digital identity. Um, and it was, it was a wild ride. And uh, along the way, people started asking like, Hey, I, I see you work in marketing. I was, I had an agency at the time. I was doing uh, marketing and cons and, and ended up deciding like, Hey, I think that there's something here where I can take my professional background and my collecting, you know, hobby and bring them together and, make something for web three so now i'm in it full time it's been crazy damn i i got a couple of follow-up questions from that one do you still have your top shot collection yeah that's all like locked up or something but oh I mean, did I, you lock sold... all your moments when they came out with locking yeah i mean i i still held it i mean it, it was crazy i put it like i put a couple hundred dollars in top shot and at one point you know on like evaluate moment or something it was worth like 100k and i was like well this is crazy um, I sold some stuff. Like I sold some of the first, the first legendary and the first rare that I got in my packs from Series One. But I think like I have like uh, I have some fun stuff from Series Two and a couple stuff from 
but I'm stuck from series one. So I'm not I'm not like a top shot whale by any means, but I've tried to tried to keep 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 up on it and have kept my collection. I you know, and some of us I think probably can um commiserate the, with this, but I like I'm so much of like a hoarder when it comes to collectibles <laughs> that it's like I, I've just held a lot of stuff and it's like I held my crypto kitties, I held most of my top shot moments and certainly should have timed things better, but at the same time like I like to collect. I, I hoard sneakers and cards and everything. It's just kind of it's hard for me to sell things. You're a true collector. Do you your ape that you minted, is that the one that you're still rocking now? Or did you end up like selling it and buying another one? Yeah, so that's um called Maui Prime because he's like a robot with a Hawaiian shirt. <laughs> so uh was trying to like build this whole IP and backstory for him. But yeah, that's that's the ape I minted. So it's like Wow, you know. Wow, that's been, a lucky one. That's a really nice shit. ape, dude. That's yeah, and you really don't hear nice people game. like still with their ape that they minted too. Like that's pretty impressive. And the only well. one you minted is that the only one yeah. you've ever owned? Did you ever like own more I, buy and sell? I had an. I have another one. Uh, it's like a space mm-hmm. ape that I picked up um, kind of later that summer, um, mm-hmm. and then had some mutants and stuff. But but okay. yeah, that was okay. like my for for the first few months. It was like I just had that one ape, and so I was like, obviously should have like bought like a hundred like like Dingley and everyone else, but um, was just kind of like, oh, this is my one membership in the club and I'm having fun, like meeting other people and, and hanging out. And that was just like, kind of, I remember, so like that weekend when Apes sold out, I remember like I, I had this really web to headshot as my PFP, if I, if I recall. So it was like just very corporate. I think I was like, you know, looking for clients or whatever. And I changed it to my ape and I just tweeted, I was like, you know, we're going for like an ape avatar for the weekend. And then I just never changed it back. Like it was it <laughs> like, a, like it was, it was just funny, but it's, it's, you know, I, one of the ways that I thought about it as I was going along was like some of the work that I do is at the publicist. So I've like worked as publicist for some musicians and, you know, bands and stuff. And I was like, I'm kind of just like my apes publicist. So I would do interviews with like these magazines, uh, websites, and then they would like ask about like what's going on with apes or NFTs or like they want to use the the ape in the um, their like establishing image or something. And so it just like the SEO on my ape got like really good. I think partly because I was just obnoxious about like putting that ape out there. And so I remember like one morning I woke up and it was like, my ape was the thumbnail for Google for like NFT avatar. And I was like, Oh, that's crazy. What? Um, so I, it was, it was like good SEO at some point. I know there's other apes that are up there now, but it was, it was a fun ride. Damn. That's crazy. Yeah. You really put your ape out there. <laughs> yeah. It was just, it was crazy. Crazy times. Crazy. Yeah. Do you ever think about selling your ape or you're just kind of like, nah, I just really want to keep this forever. I mean, I'm, I think I'm, I'm attached to it at this point. So, I think it'd be kind of bonkers if I sold it and I would be like, well, whatever, Josh, right? Like a, a lot of that ape's definitely more famous than my face at this point. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, I mean, there's, you know, there's, there's times where you look at like the highs and, and then the lows and you're like, oh, shoot, like, would it have made financial sense to sell at the top? Like, sure. But it was very much tied up in my, my friendships, my work. Um, you know, I, I had that ape was licensed in a bunch of places, and so I'd actually lose some revenue from that. And so, 
you know, the, there was a degree to which I just made that choice, like, you know, quote, unquote, forever ape and, and tried not to look back too much. So it's, it's funny, like, I'm fortunate enough that like the price, the floor price of an ape, like doesn't affect me that much because I'm just like, just kind of, you've made, you've made your way, you've made your way. So you're, you're yeah. not worried about, yeah, you're not worried about, my path. What yeah. yeah, yeah, no, no <laughs> doubt. I hear that. I hear that. So, yeah, and you were talking about consulting, too. I remember you and Ben Jamin were, like, the two people that I knew that were doing consulting, and I didn't really know anyone else that was doing kind of, like, consulting in, in Web3. And I'm sure there's a lot more people now, but, but yeah, I, I just remember you guys are, like, the main people. like, And people would sometimes reach out to me, like, hey, you do consulting. I'm like, no, but I know two people that do, like, Ben nice. Jamin and Josh Hall. So, yeah, and, and you had said that you have – a marketing background and that's why you got into consulting and i know you have your your hands in a bunch of different pots i know you're chatting with cryptoids too which uh steph said she saw you um i don't know was it a couple weeks ago at the new york comic-con yeah she, said she saw you there yeah yeah we gotta hang out for a little bit i've received the t-shirts and the swag that they're giving out so like my partner was pretty close to the convention center so she dropped by and picked them up so it was good to see her I got I got some shirts for the kids and everything it was fun. Um, yeah, no, it, I mean it was was it accidental? I, I think to a certain extent, like it wasn't planned on my part. I was just kind of doing my work in Web two, which is a lot around like branding and go to market and um, you know communications for helping you know clients think about media outreach and positioning and things like that. Um, and I just started getting inquiries from like projects who were like, hey see you're active in web three, see you like part of that conversation. And also you, you seem to know marketing just from your background. Like, can you help us? And the first couple of projects I was like, yeah, sure. Let's, let's see what we can do. And it's like, this is what I would do in web two. And this is how I would do it in web three. And, and we started working, you know, in different capacities. And, you know, I think one of the things that I think about was like, as I was becoming like an influential voice in the space, like what, how do I use that responsibility well um, and try and be really upfront about projects that I was working with and also like be effective with clients on helping them think through the best ways for them to go to market. And so a lot of my work actually ended up dividing between it's like legacy brands that wanted to, to work. They wanted to come into Web3 and they needed someone to help them think it through. So a lot of the strategy side so worked with like StockX at one point, uh, you know, a bunch of other like really fun brands to think through like what their Web3 offerings would look like and whether whether to enter the space and then if they did, what that would be. And then kind of some established entity projects working with them, helping them think through, you know, community and marketing and all that stuff. And then occasionally like newer drops. It's not as much obviously in this market, but, you know, helping either brand new projects or artists and other things to 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 release some new stuff in web3 so definitely been an adventure the last couple of years you know we um i brought on a couple other partners and and we like launched and then like terra luna collapse happened and then fpx and all that stuff and i was like oh shoot so it's you know we've we've really had to learn and grow i think because marketing in this space has evolved in a lot of different ways you know there was there was a time where I would do advisory work and just kind of get the word out and things would admit because it was like everybody was super speculative about exciting new projects. 
that's not the case anymore. And so we just have to get more creative, more targeted and, and smarter about you know, how we help uh, brands get in front of their customers. Yeah, that's interesting. Do you still have like Web2 brands kind of like reaching out like, hey, we want to get into Web3 or, you know, are they kind of like, oh, bear market doesn't seem like a good time to be getting in? Yeah, I mean, we're still working with a handful of Web2 brands. and We're like behind the scenes, we're really excited about some of the stuff that they're thinking through and they're building. Uh, I think there's a lot. What of- do you what do you tell these brands? What's your what's your pitch to them? Why do you come into Web3? How do you come into Web3? Yeah, I mean, I think my pitch to them is Web3, because it gives you the power to align incentive incentives with your community, is one of the most powerful um, accelerants for brand building when done right. Um, I'm sure a lot of brands come in and not done it right, and they've seen you know some blowback or some, you know, they kind of have these communities that are disgruntled. But, but it is really incredible to watch when things align and community starts to go to bat and be excited and, and they're holding and, and and along for the ride they're contributing from a creative perspective and so i have an exercise i do with clients sometimes where if they're just starting out on their web3 journey we actually take a look at like six or seven different buckets of their business that they could potentially kind of like decentralize and often like when, when you're working with like some of these bigger brands they can't just like throw up a DAO and like give away their IP rights and just like let let their holders make every single decision. It's it's like I think of it as like a um, spectrum where we take a look at a number of different things. Legal is going to shut a couple of those down, or you know, like marketing's come in and be like, I I, I can't do that, or like creators they come in and be like, no. So every brand's different, and you just have to kind of stretch them a little bit to say like, hey, this is going to be outside your com- comfort zone because you're used to complete control. And there's a certain degree of power that comes with complete control, right? You have the creative freedom, you, you know, it's, it's very uh, predictable for the most part. And it's like, what is it like to open your hand a little bit, like let loose a little bit, trust your community and uh, think about a Web3 product that, that could live that out. Because the reality is like, if you don't want to decentralize anything as a brand, then you're why are you in Web3? Like, just stay in Web2. It's fine. Um, no one's making you, you know, make a token or an NFT or, you know, use the blockchain in some different way. And so that that's an exercise we do. And and I think there's some, some really interesting stuff coming down the pipeline, some that I'm working on and some that, you know, I know about um, and I haven't touched directly. But there, there's an also a flip side to it, which is like, Plenty of brands kind of spun up these innovation teams just to like play around with it. And then with the recession or pseudo recession, like some of those budgets got cut. <laughs> like they're just companies are like, yeah, we're like, it, you know, if they're tightening their belts, they're like that's one of the first things to go just because they, they don't necessarily see uh, a business model there or they don't like the risk or the, the, the stories change. And so it's not even like kind of headlines and brand, I don't know, you know, like kind of old words to win there. So, I think that that that's a, it's a mixed bag there, um, but certainly still optimistic on what some of the world's largest and most innovative brands are building in Web three. Uh, hopefully, coming soon. No doubt. What was that original quote you said? Align incentives. Right. Yeah, I mean I, that question. What? I think Web three gives brands the power to align incentives with their community. 
And how does like, so how would you suggest specifically, like, how do you, how does that look to you? How do you like want the incentives to be aligned? I kind of know what you mean. So like you align the incentives where like the value of what you're doing goes up because it's aligned with what the value of the company's building. Is that how I'm understanding it? Yeah, that's, that's part of it. I mean, I think like, I'll give you an example Yeah, with a, with the with two games that I play. So, um, one is Hearthstone, which is like from Blizzard. It's like a World of Warcraft collectible card game, uh, digital. And one is Parallel, which is an NFT, a Web3 based trading card game that's set in this like science fiction world and space. And the, the primary difference between Hearthstone and Parallel is they're both digital card games. One of them is collectible and one of them is tradable. Um, and and the difference is like when Hearthstone, when when Blizzard made Hearthstone, they made it a really conscious choice to not make the cards tradable. And so you can destroy your digital cards to get new cards, um, and so you can keep like collecting. But like unless you sell your account, which is legal, there's really no way for those cards. And the cards aren't even worth anything because they can always just destroy them and make make new ones, right? There's there's just not. It's not collectible in the way that like magic the gathering or it's not tradable in the way that like magic the gathering and pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh were in the physical realm and that's so we lost something in that tra- transition to digital now certainly we gained a lot of stuff like the ability to kind of like play remotely and you know not having your cards you know damaged and, and all sorts of stuff parallel is trying to do something new and, and what they're trying to do is like uh and you know god's unchained before it and there's plenty of other um you know web3 card games but the way that Parallel thinks about aligning its collectors and its players to be to win together. Like if the game wins, they win. The reality is like if if Hearthstone wins, it's not that I necessarily win. I just like I play a game, I pay money or not. And you know, maybe I could be competitive in the esports scene if I like cared enough. But in general, it's like, you know, the brand wins and I don't win. What is it like? Like if parallel wins and I'm an early collector or I hold the token or I create new NFTs with some of their cards that, that they let you replicate, you know, if I am part of the DAO that's managing the things or if I play on teams and win stuff in tournaments, like there's all sorts of, there's all sorts of different entry points to say like, Hey, if parallel wins, I win as well by being an active community member. Like that to me is exciting as a brand builder because what you can do when it comes to activating your community and your fans, content creation and kind of influence and like, you know, social media. And another example I think is like Pudgy Penguins and what they did with the, with Walmart where they're like the community went out and they bought up a bunch of the toys. And it's not like, you know, Pudgy was like, you guys, you know, if you're a holder, you have to buy 10 toys or something like there was just some excitement around the community to see, the IP that they can license and share a part in and IP from that community and some of their friends, like on the shelves at Walmart, that's incredible. And then to have a sort of street team that's like going out to visit the different stores, creating content around that, buying the toys for like kids to give away this holiday, like, or to give away to kids this holiday, like some really amazing initiatives came out of the community from that. Does the community win if Pudgy wins? I hope so. Right. And I think Luca, Luca sees it that way, which is like, more more NFTs can be licensed to make more characters. Um, it 
gives a business model for the brand to then be able to give back to holders through events and digital experiences and other things that they want to do. Yeah, uh, I agree. Luke, Luke is doing two things there. He's he's being very smart. He needs to sustain the brand. He's yeah. selling these toys, doing awesome stuff with that. And he knows that he needs to reward the holders, especially the OGs. And he's going to do, he's going to, he's going to do stuff for that. Like I, he's not, you know, he's, he's not dumb. I, that, that's a good example you brought up. Yeah. We love, you know, we another example, yeah, yeah. like Artifact, but you know, which, which got bought by Nike this week, they dropped a special shoe for people who minted one of each of the Air Force Ones that were like tied to the different clone types. And the people who minted one of each were like already, you could probably consider them whales in the project because you had to have like the really rare types to be able to get that. But they tapped into like um, sinker culture, which is like this like um, pastiche style shoe that has like one of each of the different types like on, and so it looks kind of Frankenstein. They call it like a what the, because um, it was like a what the dunk, because um, it just looks really crazy as a shoe. So they only made 40 pairs. Is that how many people were uh, were minted that? And it's like, look, you could do that in Web3. You could just go through your customer list and be like, all right, well, who shipped all these things? But like, there was something really special about having that public information on the blockchain. You can just track it, see who bought all of these. We know where their wallets are. We can, you know, airdrop it to them. And there's this moment where like people are like, oh, I'm, I minted all those and they go check their wallets and they're like, I got this really rare shoe and then I can claim the physical if I want, or I can sell that, you know, that's really special. And I think we are at risk of losing that in, in the digital world. And I guess one of the things that really clicked for me when I got excited about like, okay, I want to build an agency and kind of really build in Web3 was I think I had this realization, like in the physical world, you have this like rent or own mentality and that, you know, maybe that's real estate, but it could even be like cars and, you know, like, you know, other types of property. And though I think the way that Web2 was going with the tech giants, we were at risk of continually renting in, our, in the digital world. And Web3, what I get excited about is the possibility that we could potentially own things in the digital world through a decentralized ledger. And that can give power back to the people in certain and I think to me, like the cautionary tale was like the Ready Player One, where it's like, you know, people didn't really have that that full ownership. They lost all their items and they get like indentured in the, you know, debt, whatever. Like that, that's just like a really um, dystopian view of a world where there's a metaverse and extremely digital and online culture, but tech giants have monopolized the digital goods so that people don't have the power that comes through ownership so i can get kind of like you know on a soapbox about that but partly because like that's what i'm preaching to brands is like okay like how can you help your community also have a certain sense of ownership and that might not be like shares in your company because that's illegal usually but like it can be um different things and i think with bayc what we saw was like it can be sharing your intellectual property by um, giving IP rights to your holders. I think where BAYC is and the pro proliferation of like the ape image and all 10,000 of them like around the world, like it wasn't done like in spite of giving that IP away. It was done, it was, it succeeded because 
the founders were generous with saying like, hey, if we give our community the rights to use these things, they can do more with it than they ever than they ever could have on their own. So that's the possibility. That's the dream. You know, it can get a little idealistic at times, but yeah, I mean, I think that's what we're fighting for. I love that. We've we've talked about uh, a bunch of Web3 you know, activations that are doing really cool things. Artifact, Parallel, you brought up, Yuga, obviously. Um, I've seen a lot too that I like uh, recently that I think the cream is kind of rising to the top a little bit. Uh, what have you seen? What are some other, you can rattle off a few that you think are doing really cool things in Web3 with NFTs or whatever it is. Nice. What are you liking, the, are you liking these days? Yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I mean, I think there's a ton of really, great stuff on the art side and, and that community stayed really strong even through the, the bear and, and i know that there was a lot of kind of speculative pressure on top of the generative art and all that but like um so seeing what uh jordan's doing over at prohibition he just partnered with fiat to do a bunch of like artist stuff they're a kind of similar to art blocks where they want to bring you know kind of generative art as a platform but they're building maybe a more kind of mainstream experience for something that's kind of like more down market than than what art blocks tends to be right now with like core collectors um i've been watching camel who left that be stills to work with zynga to launch sugar down and i think he's been doing a great job just helping to connect zynga to web3 and not just him the whole team um so you know zynga did a free mint for sugar town they're doing these like challenges like um you know play the game and now they have these like new tokens coming out that'll be part of it so i think that there's something really interesting there yeah what other what other projects are fun right now what are, what are you seeing that that you're excited about uh well i think starbucks is doing really really cool stuff i think starbucks odyssey is very cool yeah i i think uh i'm really surprised uh pleasantly surprised the volume DraftKings rainmakers is doing i think they're nice. Like season one was decent volume, but they've really stepped it up this year and people are really enjoying it. And I think that that's a cool, really cool thing. So rare, obviously very similar. And we've been seeing, I don't know much about it, but CSGO on the Mythos chain. You familiar with that? They, they do more volume than anybody now in, oh, in, in, block, in blockchain volume. It's uh CSGO. It's called like D market on the Mythos chain. We're always on crypto slam.io and it's, so yeah, go ahead. That's crazy. So did they fi- figure out a way to take the CSGO skins, but then like mint them as NFTs and then and then trade you know, them? I I tried to go sign up and figure what it is. So I don't know exactly. Uh, I can't. It's it's on the Mythos chain, which I don't know anything about. Uh, but their volume has made the Mythos chain the second voluminous chain. So like, let me look over over the past thirty days. They've done 37 million in sales, 1.7 million transactions. Uh, Board Apes has done 18 million in sales. Gods Unchained, 15 million. DraftKings, 11 million. So Rare, 11. CryptoPunks, 9. D Market, 37. Wow. So I'm not sure exactly. I can't say exactly what's being traded, how decentralized, but it's on the Mythos chain. CSGO. I know we do these stats. And this started creeping up. Remember, Jenny, like three, four months ago, it started creeping up the list. It was like, it was number six and number five. And now it dominates. And this was all in the last couple of months. That's bonkers. Yeah, right? Yeah, CSGO are like the OG NFTs, right? I mean, 
or like trading those. I guess. Worth like yeah, so I don't. I don't know anything about it to be honest with you. I didn't know anything about it, but this the the numbers don't lie. We saw it coming up, and yeah. So those those are some of the ones I like. The stuff like the things happening right now. Obviously, there's cool stuff like snow. You mentioned Art Block Snow Fro just dropped something the other day that looks really cool. Um, there's all kinds of good stuff happening with art, especially like we love the ghost club and the ones that I see kind of creeping up the list over time are the activations that are are doing something. You have a game involved, you have gamification to some degree. Uh, so I, I think that's kind of what we've always talked about gaming tickets, loyalty, all that kind of stuff. That's what web three is perfect for, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Yep. Yeah, I'm definitely keeping a close eye on what 3K means. I think that there's a, um, you know, as far as like digital goods, there's a really easy crossover there. But, but agree, like ticketing is super interesting, and there's there's some uh, fun stuff. Uh, Wicked Craniums is rebooting with, um, you know, and they're teasing some stuff that they're building. Uh, to think about like solutions for musicians and, and they fans. got purchased, right? They got purchased by somebody. Yeah, or so it, um, yeah. Caruso, uh, who was like one of the OG community members, basically like took over the the community and the IP, and then rolled that into like the new vehicle that's going to be building, you know, black chipping. So that you know some of the fun stuff they got going on. So they got a really stacked team with some really great nice. music industry veterans. Um, I still have I still have a cranium. Oh, it's cute. Well, From yeah, back in the, the day. Yeah, there you go. That's yep. that's OG. Yeah, dude. Yeah. No, I know. I mean, I, I'm semi OG at this point, but you, I'm the first time that I saw you in person was at the speaker dinner before NFT NYC in November oh, 2021. Nice. And you were already a big deal then. You were already like people were like surrounding you and talking nah. to you. Yeah. And then <laughs> I saw saw you recently at other block. Uh definitely seen you around for yeah but wiki craniums was one of the ones like if you were doing that and super yeti and all that stuff you were in the <laughs> trench you were in the trenches back in the day yeah gutter cats coming back you know, they, i know uh, i know we have Noah acquired. coming on next week we have Noah next week there you go yeah yeah you can hear the the juicy story i guess yeah man i hope so all right well, i got one more question for you i actually wanted to talk to you about killer whales because that's like a new, I guess, kind of like a Web3 Shark Tank, which I didn't even know about until we had Michael K on. And he was also a contestant. You're a contestant. Nice. Um, and he was like talking about that. And I'm like, wait, what? Killer whales? Like, I had never heard of it. And then I started looking into it. And then I was like, oh, my God, this looks so sick. So, yeah. So that is supposed to be coming out January of next year, which I think how did they not big. get you to How did they not get you to host this, Jenny? Who's the host? <laughs> well, there's so um it's produced by Hello Labs and co-produced by Coin Market Cap. And then there's a bunch of like the whales. I wouldn't consider myself a whale, but there's like a bunch of crypto people. I mean, we had seen K Money. You wouldn't there. consider yourself a whale? No, I'm not a whale. I don't have uh, I don't really have that many uh valuable NFTs, but but yeah, I I I uh I saw the trailer for it and they started doing like little sneak previews of the the judges and and i saw josh on you were on and i don't know what you're talking about but i would love to kind of hear uh, any yeah. insight on you know the you going on killer whales and um yeah what we kind of have to look forward to with that show coming up yeah that's fun um yeah the cat's out of the back is because basically we had nda like we can't couldn't talk about being a contestant on the show until 
they published some of the first trailers. And so just the other day, they did it like a, a fun little spot on K Money as one of the judges. And they clipped, so it's me and uh, Moni, who's the commander uh, of uh, Creatorhood. So um, we were we were talking about this creator NFT solution that we're building at Creatorhood, where we're trying to help put utility on chain, and then and then have that tie back to helping creators, uh, you know, capture some royalties by being able to kind of have that utility tied to, um, you know their fans, uh, you know, whether they pay that secondary royalty. So we did a, we did a, um, a pitch to the killer whales and it was like super nerve wracking. Cause you're in this, uh, you're in this studio. And if you, if you recognize the shot, it's actually like the bat cave in the dark night or something. So it's like, you know, when he like turns on the lights, um, downstairs and it's like, uh, like, all the like crazy lighting on, on the, on ceiling. Like that's, that's that same studio. And you got the judges in front of you and they're like super intimidating. So it was a fun experience. And, um, and also like the way that they think about the show is like, it's going to be not just watched by like, you know, NFT people on web three, like it's going to be hopefully streaming to like a bunch of different people who don't really know what this space is like. And so, they were giving us a lot of pointers on like, okay, you you can't use these terms or like, you know, like you're used to kind of talking about it this way, but you got to make sure that people can understand it. Um, and so that was just another dimension where you're like, you're talking to the judges, but you're also trying to make sure that you're talking to the audience. And, um, and then also you're, it's like, it's not live, but it's like, you know, you're like, you're taking the shot and you want to, you want to get it right. So, you know, and, and they, they, they had a really diverse panel of judges and so some of them are, you know, financial whales, like have been really successful in crypto and others are like content creators and some who have been really successful and just like, uh, being a part of the space and weighing in, you know, so K money made a joke that, you know, he's lost money on crypto. So he, that's, that's like someone who really gets it. Um, and, uh, you know, but he's not necessarily like, you know, like the billionaire bag, like you would get on, on shark tank. So yeah, overall, it was a really fun experience. Check out the show when it comes out in, in January. I guess I've seen a, um, a bunch of other uh, contestants get revealed. So it's it's been fun to see kind of who else who else is going to be on that. And uh, we'll see who's going to sink or swim. Did you have to do like multiple takes? Like when you, like, were they like, cut, all right, redo that part? Or were they, or they just were like, all right, one and done, just go through with it? Yeah, no, I, I mean, I was I was surprised that like, kind of how smooth it all ran. So I was expecting, you know, I was expecting like more takes, but it was like, they just let it run and, and you chat and then they kind of like, sometimes they have to reshoot because like, we didn't get this angle or like, we, you know, like this, this thing wasn't said the way that it needed to be said. So there, there was definitely like, I mean, it's reality TV, so it's definitely less scripted than, um, than you would get from like something that's like, you gotta keep doing the takes till you get it right. And then, yeah, I think at the same time, it's, it's entertainment too. So that, you know, they're, they're really trying to, you know, we, we went back and forth and like trying to figure out like, okay, are we going to go on and get like roasted? Like, you know, is this, is this going to be like bad, bad for the business or whatever? And they were, they really reassured us. We're choosing projects that we want to like celebrate and like, yeah, we're going to see if they, you know, let the judges kind of weigh in. And they, you know, when we were on set, they had us like, they didn't want contestants to see other contestants. And so they were like, 
mm-hmm. umbrellas that would keep you from like you know <laughs> oh see each God. other. So you're like walking around, like kind of hiding. <laughs> um, so it was a very professional experience. And then at the same time, like I think we all saw in the trailer, like you know they they put a little drama in there, and and you know it's like um, pulled some sound, sound bites from people where it's like the judges get spicy. So I know that <laughs> I'm sure that the producers like you know gave gave them some directions to kind of like. Hey, you gotta, you gotta keep this exciting. So, should be a should be a fun show. When they say sink or swim, what does that mean? Is there like another round? Are you like raising money? Like, what's kind of like the end goal? Like, why do you want to swim versus sink? Yeah, that one I'm not hundred percent sure on. Like, I, one I'm not sure what I can say, and I'm not sure what uh, okay kind of. But but basically, it's not. I think they've shared this publicly. It's like. It's not a money thing, right? So they're not like, you know, if you swim, you get a hundred K or whatever. Like they, they made that choice. I, I think a lot of it's probably just like legal because of um, how, how sensitive things are with crypto right now. They're like, let's not introduce, you know, money on the tokens and all that stuff. And so it's, it's really about kind of whether the judges believe in your project and want to support it. And, um, and it's kind of a vote of, of confidence or no confidence, I think. It's the way that I see it. I think there might be some, you know, we weren't really sure going in. Like, okay, they, they're talking about what might be included and how how that all ends. Uh, definitely, okay. I think they're still communicating with with everybody. Got it. Cool. Well, yeah, that's exciting. Killer Whales TV is their Twitter. Uh, I guess January. We'll we'll see what happens when it comes out. But Michael, you have any last minute questions? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I have two. The first one's a real quick one. But I heard through the grapevine that you are like a karaoke star. Oh shoot! Um, I do my I do my research for these. <laughs> I do my shoot, research, exposed. and that's exposed. what I heard oh, through shoot. the grapevine. He's um, like, "Who would have told?" So, what do you like on. to sing? What what's going on with that? I love karaoke. Uh, I do a lot of kind of like the. Stuff I like. I'm I'm old. I'm like 40. So I, like this stuff from the 90s that I remember. Every once in a while, I'll do like a little bit of Disney because I grew up with that. And then just like some fun songs that people wail on, and some of the like karaoke classics. Like we did. Um, uh, I did a karaoke session a few weeks ago with um, the Parallel team, and I'll tell you like uh, so the two founders, Kalos and Mr. God, they can sing. They started with Shallows. Um, mm. from like uh, a star, they did a duet uh, of the shallows they a, together. They did a duet of shallows. Wow, they were, they were killing it. And so I was like, oh shoot, you know, I trust, I trust founders that can that can hit the hit the karaoke. But and we we did a, you know did a, did the the classics like you know carry on my wayward son and don't stop believing and stuff like that. But um, but there was some fun stuff in there. Like uh, someone did a limp biscuit piece and and like went went a little hard. I did a little like Casey and Joe. Joe took us back to some RV. But mm-hmm. yeah, overall, I'll say like I love karaoke, trying to bring the energy. I don't think I'm the greatest singer. Like I, I think I can be honest about that. But you don't have to be great at singing to have fun at karaoke. That's that's one of the fun things. So love that. Yeah, maybe maybe next uh, Miami at the NBC or something. Watch it at the uh, at the bar. Our bat. Well, our Basil's coming up. All right. Our Basil's coming up. All right. My last last thing I want to bring up back. So this is back back a little more on topic. You uh I know you like to collect sneakers, cards, probably other things. 
you've probably thought a lot about um, should they be tied to digital items, how that should work. I really yeah. like what IYK is doing. I've been really watching them. Um, IYK.app, yeah. if anyone doesn't know, it's super cool. Uh, I've heard one activation where like the NFT always goes to whatever wallet or whoever's holding it. So like if you get a piece, you could tap it, tap the NFC chip and yeah. transfer it to your wallet. Um, so like even if someone steals it, you could take the NFT as well. If someone st- so it's almost like the NFT goes literally who has the physical. What's your thought on how we should combine you know, digital and physical? Or should we? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that there is there's a a really clear use case for that that link, and you know, I think a good example is like uh, I did an angel investment in like ninety CC, which is like G Money's uh, uh, crypto fashion brand, which is pa- their stuff is powered by IYK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. that it's like you use the IYK, you tap it, and I think they're they're one of the ones where like you can you can pull the NFT. If you have physical possession, then you can get digital possession. And that that's very much like that authentication. And then they use that to like, I don't know if you've ever played any of the games, but like they'll do like a like a wordle challenge, like and you have to tap tap the device. And then there's like leaderboard challenges like at at in Miami where it's like go tap like um meet a bunch of people and scan their shirts and the winner, you know, is the one who gets the most over the weekend or gets like all the different ones. I so love that really at Art Basel. I love that at Art Basel last year. I thought that was so cool. And then I yeah. realized that's why I got into IYK because I realized they were the ones that put on that activation. Uh, for nice. that, but yeah, yeah, for sure. You can keep going. No, I'm sorry. Yeah, no, and IYK is doing some really cool stuff. Um, I'm actually doing a drop with them with TBA really soon. And so they're powering our jerseys and working with Rat 21 as well. Um, and so it's been great working with them. And they're there, I think they're really thoughtful about how to build out their platform. And I think so, so you see sometimes like the digital and the physical linked and often it's kind of like maybe the physical takes precedence. Right. And so it's like maybe the, the digital is like some kind of like authentication, authentication certificate that lives on the blockchain. That makes a lot of sense. Um, and then sometimes you see them diverge, right. And you're like, okay, like, you know, get this at it, um, you know, buy this NFT, get the physical, but you can sell the NFT and you can, that could be a digital wearable in a metaverse. It could be, you know, a, a standalone digital collectible. And I think there's plenty of reasons for a brand to think about what it, what it would look like to have like kind of divergent paths for the digital and the physical. And and so you see, I think you see like a few different schools of thought as far as like how that's going to play out. And I think mostly it really comes down to as an individual brand thinking about what your goals are and how that ties back to how you want your community engaged with the product. And sometimes it's a little bit of both. Sometimes it's not like, I think we're going to need to see the metaverse. I think we got excited about it in 2021 and early 2022. And also it's just not quite there from a tech platform standpoint, from a content standpoint, and from kind of like a um, user behavior standpoint. And so, and, and the hardware, I think still needs to really develop. And so, as those all really level up and we see more companies enter, we're seeing like kind of Nike partner with Fortnite and stuff. Like it's going to be super interesting to say like, okay, what are these digital goods that we're going to have in these digital worlds that may also correlate to real world assets and, and kind of physical goods that, that we, we want. But I think we're in this, we're in this transitional generation where I think that 
all prior generations prioritized or gave gave preference to physical assets. Um, and I think we might be starting to see the first generation or two where digital assets have, if not even an equal, but potentially a, a higher value to uh, to some young people. And that's going to be super interesting as we move into the future. Love that. Great perspectives, man. Throughout the whole show, I really appreciate chatting it up with you and all the knowledge you bring. Thanks. Yeah, it's been fun, fun chatting out, telling some stories. Yes. All right. So we'll go into our last segment here, which is Gas Wars, where we're going to each ask you five rapid fire questions um, that may or may not have to do with NFTs. So yeah, let me get started here. All right. If you had to dye your hair, what color would it be? Blue. Okay. (laughs) Nice. All right. Uh, mine would be Kelly Green, of course, but we'll I digress. <laughs> nice. Uh, if you had one final meal in New York City, what would it be? Uh, like pastrami, I think, like a nice pastrami sandwich. Um, what is your favorite season? Summer. What are the most iconic sneakers ever made? The Air Mags. I don't know. I gotta look that up. I don't know. What they look Air like Mags. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know Air Mags. <laughs> Those are the so, um the Back to the Future sounds ones. Sounds familiar. Oh, dope. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. Oh, well, that's cool. Um, what is your favorite drink? Water. Hey, a little H two O. Yeah, you gotta stay hydrated. <laughs> Let's go. What is your favorite museum? Um, my favorite museum. Museum. I get made fun um, of for my accent on this one. No, no, I would. Yeah, I was just uh, making sure I heard that. Um, Rally's Museum of Collectibles in Soho, New York. They just opened, so they really? they have some really fun stuff. They have like rare Ferraris and a dinosaur skull and uh, a bunch of really fun cards and stuff. So if you come to New York, go through the Rally Museum. Rally. Yeah. Dope. Dope. That's a good suggestion. Uh, What is your dream country to visit? Oh, shoot. I think like Bali, maybe. I would love to go to like one of the the islands. That's not a country. Oh, shoot. Indonesia? (laughs) Yeah, you got it. You got it. I screwed that up. Michael calling you out. (laughs) Good point. Uh, What is a Web 2 brand that's going to take Web 3 by storm in 2024 that we don't see coming? Whoa. Oh shoot. So many are already here. You know, I like I, I did a, a list of like top one hundred brands and like over half of them are already like building. I will say Amazon. Amazon. That'd be sick. But we'll see. Yeah. All right. My final question is what is a book that changed your life? Um from good to great. Nice. Gotta check that Thank out. Thank you. Adding that to the list. Yeah. I looked that up. And my final is who's your favorite stand up comedian? Neil Breton. Yep. I like Neil. Wrote for uh, the Dave Chappelle show. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, he's he's weird. You know, it's not it's not just like straight up chuckles. He goes he goes a little bit deep, goes a little no raw. Doubt. Yep. But but he's a good guy. Yeah, I like Neil. Neil's funny for sure. He has a good special. I saw a special year or two ago came out i remember it was a good one yeah his his crazy one is up 
called three mics, I think. Um, and he's got like, it's, it's, it's like one, one mic is like stand up monologues. One is one liners. Mm-hmm. And then the third mic is like, what does he call it? Just like raw emotional junk or something. And so he'll okay. basically walk between the three mics for the, the whole set and oh, just wow. go in and out of these different formats. Um, it's, it's pretty fun. That I've never seen that. I need to check out. Yeah, that's unique. Mm-hmm. Okay, cool. Well, thank you, Josh, on so much for joining us on the show today. Thanks for uh, having me. Yeah, of course. We appreciate you. And um, yeah, thank you for all your, your knowledge, your wisdom. Good luck at the at the Yacht Club open house. We didn't get a chance to talk about that, but congrats on, on being invited to speak. Uh, oh, thanks. Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah, that's sick. Totally forgot about that. Yeah, that's sick, man. Yeah, yeah, it'll trip. be fun. We're talking about uh, doing a panel on Made by Apes and kind of IP and Web3. Um, we got some really great great guests and should be, uh, should be a good time. Oh, yeah. They invited me to speak, but I uh, had to decline. Yeah, I had to turn it down, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's, it's a long story. <laughs> no, yeah, right, right, right. Yeah. <laughs> It's a long story. Yeah, that was why he said no. Uh-huh. Um, <laughs> Okay, cool. Well, with that said, appreciate you all for tuning in to this episode of the NFT Catcher Podcast, and we will catch you in the next one. Peace. Thank you for tuning in to the NFT Catcher Podcast. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and learned something new about the exciting world of NFTs. If you enjoyed today's episode, please take a moment to subscribe to our podcast on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. And if you really love what you're hearing, please leave us a rating and review on your favorite platform. If you want to stay up to date with the latest news and insights from the NFT space, be sure to follow us on all the socials at NFT Catcher Pod. You can follow Jennifer at Jennifer underscore pseudo and Michael at NF Ticket. I'm your producer, Andy, and I'm at AJC254. Our theme songs by It's Just Los. We always appreciate your feedback and support, which helps us reach more people and bring you informative and engaging content about NFTs. We look forward to bringing you more great NFT content in future episodes. Thanks for listening. Peace.